0: Listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with the family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Amen. So today is Sunday, and we are ending um, the, the month of discipleship right we've had great sermons on discipleship throughout the month pastor rod began with us and shared wonderful things and i want to thank him for the opportunity to be here to minister god's word to be behind his pulpit and i also want to thank our resident pastor pastor eric for this opportunity hallelujah and um thank you also for coming you saw the flyer, and you saw this little boy who was going to preach, and you still decided to come. Thank you. God bless you. I I appreciate you. So we've been looking at discipleship, and we've had wonderful sermons, wonderful messages on discipleship. So whilst I was skimming through the messages, I was also preached the way of the disciple. My goodness. So where do you get the topics from? <laughs> It's, it's powerful. And even the perspective from which Pastor Rod took it, I would never have expected. I mean, it takes great grace, you know, to preach certain messages. So yesterday I was just pondering over everything that has been said. And I was like, what is really left to say? So whilst I was thinking about it, I felt the Lord said I should share on the making of a disciple. The making of a disciple. The making of a disciple. We've had the word disciples. We've had the word discipleship, but my, my basic definition of discipleship is a spiritual system for mentorship and maturity in the body of Christ, a spiritual system that, uh, yeah, a spiritual system for mentorship and maturity. Apostle Paul speaks about we all coming to the knowledge of the Christ. So we are all heading towards somewhere. None of us here is self-made and none of us here has arrived. No matter how powerfully we, we, we preach, no matter how powerful the miracles are in our lives, we are all on a journey, right? And one of the strategies that God decided to employ in order to accomplish our, our end point, right, is discipleship, right? So in my, in my former life, I was a pastor still in a certain church and I would normally go and gather people in a community and pass them to church I'm trusting God to start that year as well and whilst I went through communities and all that I observed that in each community there was a pattern there was a pattern in one community their highest form of achievement Maslow calls it self-actualization their highest form of self-actualization was buy a motorbike have an air-condition in your single room and then you have you have made it yeah that, that was that was their self do, do you understand what I'm saying now and in some communities I also observed that getting pregnant at a certain age was their norm that's that is there you know whether you like it or not that is also a form of discipleship because I said that discipleship discipleship is a spiritual system right for what mentorship and maturity so what you observe what you are always looking at some way somehow forms your reality so it's very possible that the area in which you find yourself the family in which you find yourself no matter how much of god you know if you are not careful you will grow in god but you cannot grow beyond a certain boundary because that is all you see that is all you know so god decides that he wants to give abraham or make abraham the father of many nations but he begins by saying that come out of your father's house why because where you currently are is is limiting your scope what i want to do with you your father's house your kindred where you are is a it's a limitation i cannot disciple you to become the father of many nations if you remain in your father's house so come out And I thought that was all. God takes Abraham through various channels, various things. And then one day, he comes to a point and he says that lift up your eyes. He says that as far as your eyes can see. (laughs) So at that point, the limitation is not on God. The limitation is on as far as Abraham can see. Are you following me? So discipleship, like I said, spiritual system. So you look at your life sometimes you'll be amazed that when you look the kind of women you are always attracted to they are just like your mother oh I shouldn't go there I've gone there too quickly I've gone there too fast (laughs) right you'd realize that all these things form your I mean during counseling one of the things we talk about is temperament and we realize that um, your, your, your character is is a product of your environment and your temperament. That's what forms your character, right? The Greek is charagma or something like that. So the reality of the matter is that <laughs> where you are, how far can you see? Who is your... I don't want to use the word role model because some, you see, some of these words are not bad words. For instance, the word shrine is not a bad word. The only thing is that we have allowed the world to use it for it to have a certain kind of connotation. A shrine is not a bad way if i say i'm the shrine of god or i'm the shrine of the holy spirit it's not a bad thing but because it has been nigerian movies as i said shrine somebody remembered karishika or something right now but the world has corrupted some of these words so when you say even role model there's this um canal connotation to it where somebody's standing on stage holding a microphone and is doing <laughs> then you feel like that's my role model But that is not how God designed it to be. Right? So Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. And Jesus' agenda is to conquer the world by preaching the gospel. That is the agenda of Jesus. To conquer the world through the preaching of the gospel. Every other thing Jesus comes to do, when we sum it up, this is it. To conquer the world through the preaching of the gospel. Then we observe how does he do this because when you study ancient um, um, manuscripts and history and the Jewish people and all that you will discover that they had a certain mindset of a king you know they had a prophecy that a king was coming so in their mind the king was supposed to come in a certain way the king was supposed to have this triumphal entry he was supposed to be born in a palace or maybe they expected that the sky would best open and then this guy falls with a host of angels strong and mighty like that was the mindset they had of of a deliverer yet this guy comes Osavo, and he's walking by the seashore preaching unassuming was born to a carpenter yet his goal was to conquer the world though. this was a man that when he was coming angels had to be dispatched to make the announcement ahead of time for thousands of years whenever the Holy Ghost came upon people like Ezekiel people like isaiah they were already prophesying the coming of this great king even though they had never seen him before yet he shows up he's born in a manger and then he's walking by the seaside or something yesterday i just took my time and i was looking at the strategy of jesus that how did jesus begin this thing that has become a a a global phenomenon how did he start how, how did he begin? How come, even though Christians are, are being persecuted every day, how come, even though Christians, all sorts of things are being said about Christians, even in your office, they are always insulting pastors. This week, they insulted us in your, in your, in your office. That pastors are this, pastors are that. Yet, up till date, we have not, they've, they've not been able to eliminate us. They've not, and when I say us, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the kingdom of God yet Jesus shows up and he uses just one strategy when we think about Jesus the next thing we are easily able to think about is 12 disciples not 13 not 14 not a hundred people or something just 12 people and I was wondering why 12 people you know in um, I don't want to deviate but in numerology when you study numerology um, numbers they represent things like for instance three is the number of God that's like the trinity father son holy spirit 12 actually stands for government right so the reason why jesus decided to choose 12 disciples was because in isaiah 11 we are told that the government will be upon his shoulders do you remember so he was coming to establish a government and for him it didn't matter the kind of people he was going to use to establish the government as long as they are willing that's why he went for fishermen not government officials we complain about corruption in government jesus had a government that judas was part of that was corruption (laughs) however the other 11 apart from judas made sure that they carried the government and spread it so that it it, it doesn't die in other words the reason why there's so much i know i'm live but let me say the reason why there's so much corruption even in physical in our governments today is because the other 11 are are not strong enough to conquer the one that is the problem so you see that a lot of people are they claim they are professing christians and they are in politics but you discover that they are not strong christians they are not part of the 11 they are part of the economy of judas that's how come there's corruption every day because if the other 11 can be strong enough they have the ability to conquer the world was it not said about these people in the book of acts that, that these were the men that have turned the world upside down these people were not discouraged they didn't say that oh because Judas has fallen away the whole thing has collapsed no so they are st- still still strong but for so many of us as soon as there's a bit of corruption in the office you rather go and join them the eleven is losing its power We are still talking discipleship here. So Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. And he wants to conquer the world. And also he goes to the seaside. And you see, I was was studying um, Matthew's account of how Jesus calls his disciples. And most often than not, that is where we stay. Matthew and Mark. Where he says, follow me. Then all of a sudden, they started following him. And sometimes we wonder, how did that happen? Did he hypnotize them? What did he say? What did he do? But then i realized when i went to look at luke's account that luke decided to give us a bit more information from luke chapter 5. give me luke chapter 5 from verse 1. luke decides to give us a bit more information about how simon james and john came to follow jesus are you ready to read the bible read with me verse 1. one day as jesus was standing by the lake of gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Move on, verse 2. Verse 2, please. Okay. Should I open mine? Okay, let me just open my Bible here. teacher. I can't teach the way Pastor Rodem's teach. I I don't have that. I'm I'm still converting that grace strongly. One of these days it will come. You'll see. Okay. Let me just read mine. I'm reading from NLT. He says that one day as Jesus was preaching, listen, he was already preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Great crowds Rest in on him to listen to the Word of God he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets stepping into one of the boats Jesus asked Simon its owner to push it out into the water so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there when he had finished I'm reading up to verse 11 when he had finished speaking he said to Simon Now go out where it is deeper and let your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. (laughs) We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let the, the nets down. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. This was their first encounter with jesus this was their first encounter a shout for help verse 7 brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking when simon peter realized what had happened he fell to his knees before jesus and said oh lord please leave me i'm a sinful man You know, in our generation, when a man is blessed, he moves away from God. But in this account, this man experiences a supernatural breakthrough and that breakthrough rather reveals to him his sinful nature. I'll say it again. In our generation, whenever a man is blessed, you see somebody who is in church following the the rules and regulations, following everything the pastor is saying until a breakthrough happens. We don't see him in church anymore. He has arrived he's self-made now all of a sudden he's making it but this is peter after struggling jesus shows up after his struggle not in the midst of the struggle he was washing his net. in other words i'm done i'm not trying anymore and yet god blesses him so much and that blessing rather opens his eyes to see his sinful nature so this is it anytime there's a supernatural manifestation of god in your life it is supposed to initiate transformation any supernatural hmm, any supernatural incident in your life in your community in your family that does not trigger any um or yeah that does not trigger transformation it's questionable any supernatural act of god that happens in your life that rather pushes you away from god because peter could have taken his eyes off jesus and began to look at the the fish remembering his struggle so let's nobody tell you that you just came to Christ so you cannot experience abundance it's not true the only thing is that you need to know and understand that that abundance is supposed to reveal to you who you really are before God how does abundance of fish make a man say leave me I'm a sinful man how how can I continue? It says that for he, number nine, for he was, he was struck, Is that the word? Yeah. Austruck, struck, English people. By the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. This is where he said, follow me. It was at this point he said, Follow me. And as soon as they landed, <clears throat> they left everything and they followed Jesus. Ah. I thought this is why you were toiling all night. You have gotten it. Why do you leave it and follow Jesus? You see this is the life of a true disciple one that is able to live all and follow Jesus I personally believe that these people were not spiritually mature at the time or so forth. but I'm sure that they realize that if this man can do this then following him is worth it so many of the times we, we leave the source and we go for the thing Forgetting that whenever we have the source, that thing can always be replicated. I'll say it again. Many times we leave the source and we go after the thing. We go after the proceeds. We go after the miracle and not the God of the miracle. We go after the breakthrough and not the God of the breakthrough. Forgetting that if you leave the breakthrough and you follow the God of the breakthrough, do you want me to transfer money into your account, or you want me to dash you a bank? <laughs> and also, whilst I was looking at this, I was asking myself for these people to leave this thing. I observed that one of the things that Jesus was attempting to do with these people was to work on their mindsets first. I'm talking about the making of a disciple so apostle paul writing to the philippians said in philippians chapter 2 verse 5 it says that let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus i'm ending there not that i don't know the rest but it says that let this mind be in you in other words the jesus you and i serve had a mind in other words he had a mindset and also forth I discovered that for Jesus to have been so successful with just 12 men was not because there was a transference of spirit but because there was a transference of mindset so for a, a, a real disciple to be made it begins with the mind if the mind is not in you if the mind is not in you if the mind is not in you you cannot be a disciple <laughs> So the making of any disciple begins with what? The mindset. The making of any disciple begins with your mindset. Look at Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Please, are you following me? Romans chapter 12 verse 2. A, I'm reading NLT. It says that do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. It says that but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think also I look at what the Spirit of God said to me it says that the difference between the current you and the new you is a mindset it says the body of knowledge I do not possess the training enough to diagnose that which they are going through in order to help them I will kill them that is why it's dangerous you see Jesus said go and wait for me in Jerusalem until you receive because even though i've been working on your mindset for the past three and a half years if you go out in this state you will destroy people and you will destroy yourselves so the difference between you ajwa the current you look there's nobody whose state cannot change the only difference between the current you being a a, just a normal believer and a disciple is mindset What is mindset? I want to quickly give you a definition of what mindsets are. A mindset, it refers to ideologies, value systems, perspectives, a viewpoint, a plane of perception. I'll read it again. A mindset refers to what? Ideologies, value systems, perspectives, a viewpoint, a plane of perceptions, One of the things I learned is that mindsets are also gateways and doorways in the Spirit. Mindsets are what? Gateways and doorways in the Spirit. They either permit the operation of the Holy Spirit or they permit the operation of demon spirit in the life of every believer. Bible says that, and Satan entered into Judas. Do you know how that was possible? Satan had already captured his mind. Satan had already captured his mind. Have you seen somebody sitting... and we still have a gospel today because Jesus captured a group of people and he was able to change their mind he was able to change their mind he was able to change their mind can I continue? Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 it says that to keep your heart and you see anytime you read Proverbs saying most often than not anytime you see heart it can actually be interchanged with mind right so it says that keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life now that that verse Proverbs four twenty three, 23 is not a suggestion it's an instruction that if you really want to be um, a successful disciple of jesus you ought to keep your you ought to guard your mind you ought to guard your you see even in the physical world securities are put at gates that is why i told you that your mind or mindsets are what gateways are you following what i'm saying so it says that to guard your mind to guard your heart with all diligence whatever it takes do that because out of it flows the issues of life Hmm. look at this proverbs 23 verse 7 I'm still talking about mindset, then I, I just go back to what I was talking about. It says that for as a man thinketh in his heart, in other words, as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. Listen, this verse is, is powerful. When I read this verse, I, I mean, this is a verse we all know. It's awful. It says that <clears throat> as a man thinketh in his mind, as a man thinketh in his heart, not so will he become. so is he so when we when we look at your the current state of your mind that is who you truly are that is not what you are going to become that is what you already are do you remember was it genesis chapter 5 when they were trying to build the tower of babel or genesis chapter 8 maybe genesis 5 or genesis 8. genesis 11 thank you where they were trying to build the tower of babel you see i was studying that scripture and i realized that god was having a meeting in heaven He says that let us go down and confuse these people give them a language a different language because that's which they have planned they have already built at the time they are not yet physically built the thing they only thought of it and then they had a meeting and they agreed but as far as god is concerned it has already been built So you see, the future you are looking for as a disciple of Christ, the only thing that is allowed to travel into the future and prepare that future and wait for you is your mind. You see, I don't have to pay. I don't have to buy a plane ticket to go to America. I can travel there with my mind. I can have a vision. And that's what Jesus did to the disciples. He just gave them a vision. Because it is not normal that a grown man like Peter I know he's a grown man because he had a mother-in-law who will leave his profession and start following Jesus. Somebody that everybody thought was an outcast was a rebel. Our culture has some very good aspects to it. I, I believe that because I, I love the fact that our culture says that you should always honor an older person. Respect people. You are in a bus. Our culture teaches you to get up for the older person to sit down. So, there are good aspects of culture, don't get me wrong. But there are also very demonic aspects of culture that we have to deal with. And all of us, we come from somewhere. Nobody dropped from the sky. We all came from somewhere. We have a certain, and I'm sure you are going to get married. Somebody has died. They'll tell you that. Our culture these disciples that Jesus asked to follow me and they left all and they began to follow Jesus they had a certain culture <laughs> that is why Peter could ask Jesus when he started following Jesus he says that at what point are you going to restore the, the, the kingdom to us at what point are you going for us to rise up and fight this Romans? And eliminate them why because that has been their culture that is what they've known since they were born that this king must come lead us in 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 battle and then we conquer the Romans that's what they knew but they didn't understand that the strategy of God was different and we find that in church today where we approach God and even though we are people of the word (laughs) many of the prayers we pray is quoted by culture many of us are in church we are not spiritual but we are religious that's what culture does to us culture makes us religious and not spiritual they are two different things jesus did not come to introduce religion he came to introduce a life he came to give us a life so i want you to vet what you are, what you know now vet and see that what aspects of my culture because listen I have met people who say they are pastors and so forth but they will tell you that as for this part of the Bible I don't believe it he's an ordained minister of God a reverend minister wearing a clerical but will tell you that there are certain aspects of the Bible he doesn't believe in culture many of us even in our individual lives we we believe God we believe God but we, we feel like god can only do up to this point as for this one the, we believe god can heal headache and not cancer yeah we, we, we believe god that somebody can bless me with a hundred cities but if i tell you that tomorrow somebody will call you and give you a thousand dollars And that's what culture does to us it limits us it limits us it gives us a cup it gives us a cup it says that no you are not allowed to go beyond this point you are not allowed to be married in your family for more than five years you are not allowed in your family you are not allowed to have more than two kids you are not allowed to have normal kids oh as for our family we beat women Mindset. Also, the, the man is tongue-talking, you know, but he's still able to raise the hand on the wife. Hmm. Number two, past experiences. I'm bringing my message to a close. Past experiences. I wouldn't have the time to do all the others. You see, Luke chapter five that we read. Let me show you something very interesting. Jesus shows up. These people have thought all night, and Jesus says that I know you are washing your net, but throw it down. You will catch. He didn't say go back into the sea. Don't don't forget that they they were done, meaning they were at the shore. Now I ask myself, how does a carpenter tell a fisherman what to do? Think about it. If these people did not even know the supernatural power of Jesus, at least they knew he was a carpenter son, he had no expertise in fishing. It's true. Yet he says that right where you are, just throw the net for a catch. Imagine if these people had allowed, if Peter had been see, Peter could have said, You do you know who I am? I've been a fisherman since I was a youth. We are the fisher folks. James and John, they are my, my apprentices. I am tra- I've been training them to fish. And I'm telling you that we've toiled all night because it's at night that we are able to catch the fish. And Bible says that they did not catch a thing because sometimes when you fish, apart from catching fishes, you also catch debris. But they didn't even catch any fish nor debris empty net yet a carpenter shows up on the scene that's awful <laughs> it's almost like me walking into the flagstaff house to tell the president how to run the country so our past experiences could it be could it be could it be that god is trying to bring you into a, a realm of your work with him but your past experiences have been limiting you could it be could it be that your past experiences have been a barrier to your next level in god some of you you are used to a certain amount in your bank account also the day i heard that day i realized that it's true you'd realize that your bank account never rises beyond a certain limit and also i realize that it is not the bank account it is my mind So that when an unusual amount, usually it's a thousand, when you get thousand five, there is you can't sleep, you're uncomfortable. It's a it's a demon. It's a demon. Who said God can be can be limited? Past experiences. Yes, your last relationship was bad, and so what? God is saying that I'm giving you a man after my own heart. What are you talking about? <laughs> One day I heard a testimony of a certain sister. Can I share? <laughs> you people, you like hearing other people's. <laughs> yeah. The sister said that for nine years, Osovo, you know, make me have a degree, a PhD account. Nine years, she was in a relationship nine years so you now understand why i say i can do a degree and a phd also she was in a relationship with this young man who was there with her physically but there was no joy nine years she was spending on the guy and then the guy is using the money she's giving him to call other girls As of my agenda sometimes we can be wild yeah however you see it looks like growing up daddy was not at home so she was longing for love so anything that looked like it she went for and that is the case of many people anything that looks like love they go for they come and see Pastor Eric and say oh this might be loving Pastor Eric says from what I see it will not work they rebuked you in their mind do you know how long I've been single? However, she encountered a man of God who said, look, if you leave this thing, God can give you better. She couldn't believe it. of, she met the new thing, the new person. And within one year, the guy said, can we get married? You see, something like that is not God favoring you. That's called Restoration. Where you spend nine years wasting your time with a foolish boy, respectfully speaking, <laughs> and you meet somebody who says, according to her testimony, it's not my story, it's her testimony, the guy is even in the UK, but even though the guy is there and she's here, she feels more loved. than when she was in a rela- with somebody who was close by. Close by. Please, I was talking about past experiences. Do you remember one day Nathan said, wasn't it Nathaniel, Nathaniel? He said that can anything good come out of Nazareth? Have you heard that before? Can anything good? In other words, when we look at the history of Nazareth, nothing significant ever comes out of there. Can I ask you a question? Can anything good come out of your life? can anything good come out from your family maybe in the history of your family nobody makes it in life but do you not know that you are different do you not know do you not realize that you not belong to a government an economy that super that has the ability to superimpose over every other thing that your family has been known for do you are you not aware <laughs> are you not aware that you can also have a fruitful life one of my greatest heart desires is to attend people's weddings. Eh? And the gifts I'm giving is not money in envelope. Ajai, you've married too early. If you had waited small, is to be able to go to people and say, Oh, this is a document to a house. Use it to start your life. That's what we are trusting God for. The goal is not to have much in order to look big. No. The goal is to have much in order to impact lives. maybe my father couldn't do that it doesn't mean I can't so that is the goal that our pastor stands here and says that we need 500,000 CDs to do this project and by the time service closes you are giving him an envelope with a check and that he doesn't have to do fundraising anymore I, can you you see you, you cannot even say amen because what I'm saying like <laughs> do, do, do you understand what I'm saying look this is exactly how the disciples felt when they first met jesus Say, so i'll with you i'll change the world And Peter was like me do you know where i'm coming from do, do you understand what i'm saying yeah as i'm saying all these things it sounds far-fetched for a lot of you for instance if i say that there will come a time mm, one of the problems you have is that when you and your family you are going out you are wondering which car should we use <laughs> yeah. see you can't even see him I yeah. <laughs> dream like Trotronu has been ingrained <laughs> <laughs> also, I remember a few years ago I'll be in a Trotro with my beloved and now my wife I said that one day we'll have own car one day one day and sometimes when we are driving past those places even this morning i drove past some of those places i said hey, i used to walk here i used to wait for i used to fight over trot here also for those times second when we close from work, eh? <laughs> don't remind me of my my past experiences <laughs> past experiences have that ability imagine what nathaniel would have missed if you only went by the narrative, that can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Mindsets, mindsets, mindsets. Let me quickly say this before I give the next point. I observe that in our culture here in Africa, we love to start things late. If at thirty you are self-actualized, you say there's something there. But did you not read your Bible? That a king called Joash became a king at age 7. Josiah became a king at age 8. Did you not read it from... No. When you read those things, what does it tell you? You are too You are too grown. <laughs> you, do you understand what I'm saying? You know sometimes you are trying to communicate something but you don't have the words to say it. Can you see my heart? Do you not realize that where you are, you are... do you not realize it do you not realize it who said you cannot be a miracle worker at your current stage who said you must be ordained first who said that we, we cannot we cannot raise the dead no who said who said our past experiences I remember Pastor Eric sharing his experience with raising the dead that didn't quite work and I'm sure because of that, maybe if they call him to come and raise the dead right now, he'll be like, Oh, then maybe because he remembers. But imagine also that you enter the place without speaking a word, the dead comes back to life. They will not even have to call you, you will go looking for the dead. Our past experiences. And sometimes we've allowed our past experiences to destroy our current blessings. You are in this new religion every day. My ex, my ex said, My let me continue. Where I'm going is dangerous (laughs) grounds. It's dangerous grounds. I discovered that when God was telling Moses, take off your sandals. Listen, let me share this. Understand that Moses grew up in Egypt. And in those days, Egypt was the greatest civilizations of the world. If you are looking for sophisticated science sophisticated sorcery it was Egypt to go to even if you were looking for education it was Egypt so when God made Moses leave Egypt the guy was educated no two ways about it that is how come I don't know if you've ever heard about the sixth and seventh book of Moses it is believed that he wrote those books based on his knowledge from Egypt that's why it carries a certain kind of power as it were, not God's power though so for god to catch the attention of such a man who has seen it all you needed to come in a burning bush a bush that is burning but it's not being consumed so moses stand aside and look at the bush that "Ah, this thing is burning but the leaves are still fresh then there must be a sign here that i because i didn't see this in egypt in my classroom i didn't see it god had to introduce something that was greater than his past experiences for god to be able to get through to him when you study the scripture carefully bible says that it is when he turned aside to look also it means that it's possible that the, the bush was burning for days but moses didn't pay attention because it was not new to him but that day he took interest in the bush and said ah for the past three days this bush has been burning but it has been burning in the same place let me approach and see it was when he decided to pay attention and realize that ah, this thing is burning but it's not being consumed that's when the voice of God came out of it and when he was approaching God said take off your sandals in other words take off your old mindset don't approach me with your past experience what you learned in Egypt what you knew in the classroom in Egypt don't approach me with that take off your sandals take off your past experiences take off your past mindset and God is saying the same thing to you because where you are is holy ground holy ground I'm bringing it says that come up hither. Come up hither. You have remained on the same plane for too long. Come up hither. But before you can come up you need to take off your shoes. <laughs> take off your past experiences. Take off that all, all that which Egypt taught you. <clears throat> take it off. Take it off. Don't approach this new season with your old thoughts don't approach this new season with your old self take off your shoes they are dusty dusty from hurt dusty from sin dusty from the things of the old take them off because where you are is holy ground Mindsets. let me share the last point your level of exposure Your level of exposure your level of exposure i wrote here that exposure is a miracle you see your ability to travel abroad eh, is a blessing let nobody deceive you it's a blessing you must desire to travel because the whole world is not Accra the whole world is not Medina, the whole world is not (coughs) Soto. it's not the whole you must listen exposure is a blessing no listen some of you, you cannot you cannot really believe what I'm saying if I tell you that God will make you step out. You don't because you 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 don't even know how a Ghanaian passport looks like. I've said it too quickly. Also, one of the reasons why some of us are always walking in condemnation is because we have not yet been exposed to the love of Christ in a certain way. We hear about it, we know about it, but we have not come to that place where we have been fully exposed to the love of Christ in a certain dimension so we are always walking in condemnation we are always walking in guilt we are always walking in hey, as for me as for me as for me as for me ask for <laughs> as for you what as for you what most of us believe that anytime there's headache the solution is tylenol or parasitical. why because we have not been exposed to the power or the healing power of god in a certain dimension i remember those days on campus when i i would preach and i would say that if your friend comes to you and tells you my head is aching you are not feeling well and your first suggestion is let's go to the hospital you are a failed christian that's what i used to say on campus (laughs) because look we believe in the power of god we see by the grace of god my wife is is doing her master you see for her for her she thought that she gained admission because she applied but she doesn't know that somebody was on their knees wrote it down and said that this thing must be she, she doesn't i was there she came to say i got admission I it's not news we knew before you came look we are not boasting it it is what it is yeah I remember writing it down on my list that Choki is gaining admission to this it's written boldly and going to God with it all the time so when it's manifested there was no need cutting a cake over it or popping a champagne (laughs) we already knew (coughs) we already knew (laughs) do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when you are exposed to God's power in a certain way, certain things surprise will not surprise you anymore. Whose destiny are you deciding in your closet? I, I personally believe that, yes, I spoke about traveling, exposure. That is even physical exposure. But I first believe that as a true disciple of Jesus, you must first have spiritual exposure. Spiritual exposure. Spiritual exposure. Before that, don't forget, we are dealing with mindset, oh. But because you've not experienced this thing before, as you say, they are children of in nature. In Acts chapter 18, it talks about a man named Apollos. When Paul encountered this man, this man, well-meaning guy, well-meaning, he loved God and everything. But do you know what? All he knew was the baptism of John. All he knew was the baptism of John. He had no head about any Holy Spirit. Imagine that if this guy was supposed to write a book for the body of Christ, I'm sure he would condemn everybody who is doing Holy Spirit baptism. He said, oh, those things. they are evil spirits. All he knew was the baptism of John. That was his only level of exposure. That was his only level of exposure. Could it be that? You are operating in the dimension in which you're operating because that's, that has been your level of exposure. Yeah? Some of you, you don't, you don't, you don't believe it is possible to spend 2,000 CDs a week. Should I say it again? <laughs> you don't believe it until you meet somebody who does more than that. <laughs> then you enter a shop and then you see one artifact. That costs your monthly salary, and people are buying it, then you'd realize that there's life and there's life. (laughs) Level of exposure. My prayer for you, my prayer for you, is that you would not only be spiritually exposed, but you would also be physically exposed. You will not only be physically exposed if we must break barriers see this is how real disciples are made this is how Jesus lift it a bit this is how Jesus was really able to conquer the world attacking mindsets attacking mindsets attacking mindsets I'm going to end with something Paul said I'm going to end with something Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 it says that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal it says that but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? strongholds and I was asking myself what are these strongholds? but he kind of talks about it in the next verse verse 5 then he begins to talk about casting down imaginations the mind Casting down what? Imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Could it be that our greatest limitation in life as believers, as as disciples of Jesus, has never really been an external force but our minds, our imaginations, the knowledge of who we think God is, because also if I should pass this mic around and I ask everybody here to give me a description of who they think God is, you'll be amazed what you hear. It says that casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, it says that in bringing into captivity every thought why is he talking about the mind? Bringing into captivity every thought. It says that to their obedience in other words, into alignment with Christ. Into alignment. Listen, if only we can capture the mind of God concerning us. If only we can capture the wisdom of God concerning us. If only we can capture the will of God concerning us. Listen, we are going to break forth easily, 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 easily. It says that for these signs shall follow them that believe. You believe first in your head or in your mind before it comes to your heart. And it says that these signs shall follow them that believe. In other words, the signs that are following you are a report card of what you believe. When I look at your life, the signs that follow you, the signs of failure, is because you believe in failure. The signs of limitation, is because you believe in limitation. The signs of a low GPA, is because you believe in it. As I stand here, God is my witness. I don't believe I can write an exam saying fail. It's a mindset I've cultivated over the years. Even if I close my eyes and I write nonsense, I cannot fail. It will take God to show me otherwise. I'm telling you, it has been ingrained. I should write an exam saying fail. Then it wasn't me. I'm not the brightest of all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the best of the best. But so far, it's not possible that I go to university and trail a course. That lecture will hear it it's a mind it's a mind Also, in school i remember walking into the the the, the office of a lecturer the, my laptop had been stolen so i was turning in an assignment late he made me put the assignment on the floor in his office and he said when you fail don't come and ask me anything this was his words i don't want to mention his name i remember him i can mention his name right now into the camera but i will not <laughs> Look, I walked out of the office not thinking about coming to beg him. <laughs> so at the end of the semester, I had an A in that particular. You see, if I had not had an A in that particular course, I would have had an I would have had a problem. And I and I'm sure God decided to give me A in that particular course just to make a statement. That sometimes you can be threatened with failure, yet greater success comes. Rise to your feet and let's pray. The making of a disciple. I don't know what mindsets you've carried over the years. I don't know what um, thoughts has been put into your mind. I don't know what your limits have been, but one of the Advantages we have as believers is the ability to break boundaries using our words in prayer. Using our words in prayer. I don't know what has been a physical boundary, a physical limitation in your personal life, in your family, in those around you. I don't know what it has been. You will know it far better than I ever will. But I'm giving you the next few minutes. You are casting down every imagination. You are casting down every thought. That is exalting itself against that which God intends for you. Jesus said when you pray, say, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. In heaven you are not a failure. In heaven you are not limited. In heaven you are not poor. That is not heaven's agenda for you. And in the next few seconds, I want you to just open your mouth and begin to cast down every imagination. Begin to tell yourself that which you you wouldn't dare to tell yourself. I am not poor. I am not poor. When they are counting poor people, I'm not part of them. I am not limited. I'm not a failure. My dad always said I'm a failure, but I am not a failure. Open your mouth, somebody. I am not limited in life. I am not disadvantaged. I am not disadvantaged. I am not of the number that turned they back from Christianity. I am not of them that give up. I am not of them that give up. Somebody are you praying? Somebody are you praying? Somebody are you casting down every form of imagination? Are you casting down every form of imagination? Are you casting down every form of imagination? Your children will not be wayward. You are speaking into their life and you are declaring that they will not be stranded in life in the mighty name of jesus people say that your marriage cannot be a bed of roses you are turning it around you are eliminating all the forms of limitation somebody are you praying who said your business cannot be global who said your business cannot be international who said that you cannot go beyond the shores of this country who said that you cannot work for an international company? Who said that this is your end? Who said that this is it for you? Who said that? Who is saying that no good thing can come out of your life? Who has made that decree? Counter it this morning, somebody. 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 We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.